The following audio is from LifePoint Church, located in O'Fallon, Missouri. For more information about LifePoint Church, visit us online at thelifepointconnection.com. Hey, if you got your Bibles, go ahead and grab them. Uh, we're going to be in John chapter 14. Uh, if you're just joining us, we're going through the Gospel of John, and uh, it's been an amazing journey so far. Uh, the next few chapters are those chapters that uh, Jesus just really uh, talks to the heart of his disciples and talks to us, I believe. And so uh, John chapter 14 is where we're going to be. I know that uh, Jesus really desires to be enough for us in really every circumstance and every situation. Uh, but have you ever had your heart uh, just really troubled? I mean, have you ever been... In that moment where your heart is just wrenched, it's, it's like your heart is in knots and, and, and no matter what you do or no matter what you try, you, for some reason you can't like untie this, this knot that's in there. And so it causes stress and it causes anxiety, it causes trouble. Anyone ever have stress? And so, and so here we are as, as Christians, as believers, there's, there's moments that we're, our hearts are just troubled. I remember when Dominic was about two years old, uh, we uh, went shopping, my wife and I and, and my son, we went shopping to J.C. Penney's. Uh, okay, uh, J.C. Penney's is the store uh, that you go to when you can't afford Macy's or Dillard's. And so we were in J.C. Penney's. Uh, and so if, if you're in J.C. Penney's, we're walking through, and we like to look at stuff. We don't really buy a whole lot, but sometimes we like to look at stuff. And so Dominic, uh, one of his favorite things that he did when he was two was he was, I mean, he was a mover and a shaker. And so what he would do is he would, like, run up and down through the clothes and stuff. You guys got kids that do that? They, like, go in the clothes and peek out. One of his favorite things to do was to go in uh, the dressing rooms and I know what you're thinking, like if people are changing and stuff, like here comes this two-year-old boy. No, he would go in the dressing rooms and find some doors that were unlocked, and he would like hide in there, and I would play this game with him. I probably fed into it a lot, and so I'd play this game with him and open the doors, and he'd be like, ah, you know, and he would hide, and, and it, was, it was just a fun way uh, to take your son shopping. Anyway, uh, we're going through uh, these clothes, and we were in the shoe aisle, and, and, and Stephanie saw these pair of shoes, and she asked me, she's like, what do you think of these shoes? And as a guy, you say, yes, right? Yeah, those are great. And, and so Dominic comes running, he goes around the aisle, and he turns, and he goes around the next one. And, and he's only this tall, so you can't really see him over the, the shoe lanes. And, and so uh, I know he's over there. She's looking at shoes. Uh, we put down the shoes. She always sees stuff that she likes, but then just puts them down. Do you guys do that? Like, oh, these are so great. Thank you very much for letting me look. Right, And then we go on, and then we're moving on to the next section, and we're like, Dominic, come on, and Dominic must be hiding somewhere. And so we go around the next aisle, and I'm like, Dominic, he's not down there. And so I think, okay, well, it's right next to the men's section, so he's probably in the clothes somewhere. And uh, we go in the clothes, and we're looking, and I'm like, come on, buddy. And then uh, I'm like, oh, I know where he is because the dressing room's right there. He must have gone in there, and he's hiding in there. And so I go in there, and I'm looking through the doors, right? I'm opening them, and I, and I can't find him. And so I come out of the dressing room. I look at Stephanie, and she's like, I don't, I don't know. And, and so in, in the matter of like one minute, he, we can't find him. And so we're, we're starting to, and I'm the calm one, right? She's the panic one, and as moms are. And so I'm the calm one. I'm like, it's okay. He's, he's got to be around. It's only been like 
one minute. He's got to be like right here. And so I'm looking and, and she's looking and one minute goes by and two minutes goes by. And guess what? We can't find him. We can't find him. He, he, was, he was right here. Have you, ever, have you ever been in that? And so my heart, right, something wells up in my heart, and I start, I start to go from the calm one to kind of a worried one. And she goes, and she talks to the worker there, and they do the code Adam or whatever that's called, right? And so we're searching, and another minute goes by, and you know every minute is like an eternity at this point. Right, and so I'm starting to run. I'm starting to. I, I don't care what other people think of me. I'm like really like running through the store. Right, I'm like Dominic. Right, and we're going up and down this aisle. He's only two. It's been two minutes. He can't be like on the other side of the mall, could he? And so I'm going. I'm looking out the doorways, and all of a sudden I turn the corner down J.C. Penney's, and I look down the aisle. There's a group of people there, and right in the middle is is Dominic, this tall, just screaming. Now, 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 I don't know if we trained him well, but he won't let anyone touch him. <laughs> he's screaming. He's looking for us. We're looking for him. I see him. He sees me. We kind of run down together, and, and I give him one of these, these daddy hugs, like, I'm never letting you go again, right? And so I'm hugging him, and he's hugging me, and, and in that instance, I'm like, don't ever do that again. <laughs> you know? And you can't blame on these too. We play this game. And so here's the deal. In one moment, my heart was so troubled. I was so afraid. I didn't know what to do. I, my back was again. I, I had nothing to do but just say, God, you, help me. Have you ever been there? God, I can't, I, can't, I can't do nothing else. I don't know what to do. And so, and so here we are in John 14. And in John 13... Jesus tells his disciples, he says, I'm leaving you. And I think in an instant you can be like, what? Jesus says, I'm leaving you, and where I'm going, you can't go with me. I'm going, you can't go with me. And Peter, Peter, Peter immediately pipes up and says, no, I'll go with you. I'll go wherever you go. I'll go with you. I'll do this thing. I'll even go to death with you. And Jesus is like, oh, Peter, actually, you're going to deny me before this night is over. And so could you imagine Jesus saying, I'm leaving, and you can't go with me. And actually, you're going to deny me. You boys over here, you're going to scatter and, and you could think of the disciples at this moment. They're like, come on, Jesus, we, remember when you told us to put down our nets and follow you? We actually put down our nets and follow you, and we've spent the last three years with you. We've walked with you. We've talked with you. We've seen miracles by you. What do you mean you're leaving, and what do you mean we can't go with you? What are we going to do now? And so the Bible says that everyone at the table was troubled Probably particularly Peter, because he says, you're going to deny me. Have you, ever, have you ever been troubled in such a way that you're just like, what are we going to do? These guys were probably scared. These guys are probably overwhelmed with anxiety. They're probably troubled. Why are they troubled? Jesus says, I'm leaving. You can't go with me. 
actually, you're not even going to make it through the night. And so after the meal, Jesus in chapter 14, right after he says, you're going to deny me three times, he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Now hear me, because not all trouble comes from fear. And we see in in chapter 13, in verse 21, it says that Jesus was troubled in his spirit. Now this does not come from an inability to trust God. Our fear comes from an inability to trust God. Are you with me? Jesus does not troubled in his spirit because he's like, oh, I don't trust myself. Oh, I don't trust. This is, not, this is not troubled because of unbelief, but the disciples' trouble is coming because of unbelief, and that's where our trouble comes from. Jesus has a, has a holy trust, and so there is a troublesome that comes from love because Jesus is troubled because he loves these men. But our trouble comes from unbelief. And so Jesus says, I'm going away. You can't go with me. You're going to deny me. You're going to be scattered. But don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. And believe in me. And so the root of our trouble is fear. I think he's talking to Peter. I think he's talking to disciples. And I think he's talking to you and me. Don't be troubled. Don't be troubled. Listen, I know I'm going away. Don't be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Isn't that the theme to this whole gospel, guys? I mean, we've been saying it from the beginning. I mean, there's a banner right outside there that says, believe. These words were written so that you would believe. The gospel was written so that you would believe, so that you would be reassured, so that you would trust, so that you would know that Jesus is the Christ. He's the one who's come. He's the rescuer. He's the redeemer. That he is the son of God. He is, it, is, it is in Jesus Christ that the presence of God dwells. These things are written so that you would believe that. And that by believing that, you would have life in his name. The life that, that empowers you not to have fear. A life that empowers you not to be troubled. Not to be worried. Not to be filled with an anxiety. And so here we are. You can see what Jesus is after. You can see what he wants. You can see what the gospel of John longs for is that we would have belief and that we would have faith. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Belief and faith is the opposite of your heart being troubled. Is it not? So Jesus says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Did you know the term fear not, do not fear, don't be afraid, be not afraid, is used almost 400 times in the scriptures? Fear not. I'm with you. Do not be afraid, for God is almighty. 400 times the phrase fear not uses, and Jesus right here and says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Would you believe in God? Do you believe in me? John 12, it says, whoever believes in me believes not in me alone, but in him who sent me. 
And so here's the question. We know 400 times in the scriptures it says don't be afraid. We see Jesus in in verse 1 right here say don't be troubled. So the question for you and me is why not? Why not be troubled? And and maybe even how? How can we not be troubled? Do you not see the circumstance that I'm in? Do you not see what I'm going through? You just told us, Jesus, you're going to leave. You just told us that we can't go with you. How? Why? How can I not be troubled in this moment? That's the question. How is it that we should not have fear? That we would trust in a situation like this. Look in 14 again. Let your hearts, let not your hearts be troubled, but believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many rooms. And if it were not so, would I have told you that I go and prepare a place for you? Here's the good news. God's house is a big house. Actually, it's a big, big house. (laughs) With lots and lots of room. It's a big, big table with lots and lots of... It's a big, big yard so we can... I don't know if that's scriptural or not, but it's funny. And so here's the deal. God has a big house. And here's the deal. There's room for you. There's a place for you. Let your hearts not be troubled. There is a place for you. It's big enough for you. God has a house. Not a hotel. Hotels are for people who just come and pass through. The house is where the children stay. My father has a house, and it's for my children. Let your hearts not be troubled. There's a big house, and it's for the children. It says to all who did receive him, he gave the power to become children of God. That's John 1.12. That many will not receive him, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You are my children. I'm going to my father's house. I'm preparing a place for you. So why not be troubled? Jesus says, I'm coming to you. Why not be troubled? Because Jesus says, I'm going and I'm preparing. I'm going. I'm preparing I'm the one that makes this happen. Kind of takes a load off of me. And let me tell you something about this house. This house is not in disrepair. That's not what he's going to do. He's not telling his disciples this. Hey, guys, uh, I need to run to Home Depot real quick. I need to get some supplies, and I need to go construct this house because my house needs some improvements, and once all the improvements are done, then you can go to it. That's not what's happening because God's house is not in disrepair. God's house does not need improvements. The kingdom of God has been perfect since the foundation of the world. So don't think he's got to go and and do something in order to prepare this, build this house. 
That's not what's happening here. Matthew 25. He says, come. You who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. He's talking about this kingdom of God, this dwelling of God, this presence of God. I need to go and prepare this place where God dwells, this kingdom, so that you can enter into it. And so the question is, if the house is not in disrepair, If the kingdom of God is perfect in every way, what needs to be made ready? What needs to be prepared then? The problem is not with the house. The problem is at this point in the game, you can't get there. That's the problem. The kingdom of God is perfect In every way, it's been that way since the foundation of the world. And so when Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place, he's not going to build nothing. He's going to make sure that you can get there. He says, at this point, sin has not been atoned for. At this point, you're still guilty. At this point, condemnation is still there. At this point, the wrath of God remains on you. I need to go and I need to die. The place that I'm preparing, is going to be done through me. It says the condemnation is there. Jesus is about to become a curse, as it says in Galatians 3. He says, I'm going, you can't go with me, because I'm going to become a curse. It says he absorbed the condemnation in Romans 8.3. He says, I'm going, you can't go with me. I have to prepare this place. In Isaiah 53, it says that he took the stripes and the bruising that you and I deserve upon himself. He says, I'm going to die. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to to unhook the jaws of death from you because you deserve death in your sin. The place that I'm going to prepare, I have to make atonement for sin. That's what he's going to do. And he says, you can't go with me. Jesus says you can't enter the presence of God unless I make a way for you. And the only way I can make a way for you is if I go and I suffer and I die. And you can't go there with me. Now look at verse 3. It's probably one of the most powerful verses. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to what? To myself, that where I am, you may be also. Let me tell you why this is one of the most important texts. Because it shifts, it, it shifts the focus from a place to a person. Did you see it? I will come, and I will bring you to Me. I'll bring you to me. I'll bring you to myself. And where I am, you'll be there with me. I'm not talking about a far place. I'm talking about me. 
I'm going to prepare a place. I'm going to prepare me to be able to receive you because I am holy and I'm right and you are unrighteous. And until I make atonement for all of your sin, you can't dwell with me. But I'm going to prepare a place and I'm going to bring you to me. You'll be where I am. That I myself might be your dwelling place. In my father's house, there's many rooms and I am the room in which you are to dwell. I am the place that you need to be. I must die. I must rise. I must be glorified. And I must go and I intercede for you. And when I'm done with that, I'm coming. I'm coming to you. And I'm going to bring you to myself. Hear me. The focus of this text is not a return to heaven. It's a reunion with Christ. It's a dwelling with Christ. It's being in Christ. Jesus says, when I go and I die and I prepare this place, it's for you and I'm going to come to you. And I'm going to bring you to myself. Yes, the comforts of heaven are great. No more sickness, no more pain, no more tears, no more sorrows. We long for them, we pray for them. But can I just be honest with you? Sometimes that seems so far away. Anybody? I know that this, this life is a vapor, it's a momentary, but my troubles are right in my face. My troubles are right now. Anybody? My troubles are here now and today. I need help here. I don't know what to do with my marriage. I don't know how to raise my kids well. I don't know what to do with my health. Someone's sick. I don't know what to do with my job. I've lost my job. I need a job. My job is not good. I don't know what to do with these situations. I need help now. Is there any encouragement in faith now? Is there any hope for me now? Jesus says there is. Because this is not about a second coming. It's about Jesus saying, I'm going to die. I'm going to raise and I'll bring you to myself. I will come again. I will take you to myself. Let not your hearts be troubled Comfort for you is not far off. Look in verse 4. I'm going to bring you to myself. Look in verse 4. And you know the way where I'm going. Thomas said, what, what do you mean? I, I don't, Lord, we don't, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? This is not a place. Listen to it. Jesus said, I am the way. Me. You would know me, that you would dwell in me, that you would walk with me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is very exclusive. He says, I am the Father. The Father is in me. No one comes to the Father except through me. You will not enter into the kingdom of God except through me. I am the dwelling place. I need to die so that you can be with me. I become the way that you get to me. I am the truth that you need to receive in order to become my child. I am the eternal life in which you take root and heart of me into yourself. So why do I need, not need to have fear? Why not be afraid? Jesus says, don't be afraid. Because Jesus that night is going to pay for all my sin so that everything that separates me between me and God will be forgiven. Don't. Don't be afraid. 
Believe in God. Believe in me. I'm going to come to you. I'm going to bring you to myself. Verse 8, Philip said to him, Lord, would you just show us the Father? Would you show us the Father? If you show us the Father, then that would be enough. Show us the Father, not someday, not not somewhere down the road. I want to see the Father now. I want to see the Father today. Because if you show us the Father, then when we see the Father, then that would be sufficient for me, for us. It would be enough. It's the same word that's used in 2 Corinthians 12 when he says, my grace is sufficient for you. He says, we want to see the Father. Look in verse 9. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? He's asking to see the Father and Jesus says, you don't know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father? And the Father is in me. Even the words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me. Believe me. Don't be afraid. Believe me. Believe in him that I am the Father and the Father is in me. Or else believe on the account of the works themselves. Jesus says, if you've seen me. You've seen the Father. Me and the Father, we're one. He's in me, I'm in him. We're one. And so when it comes to our troubles, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, come on, Eric. Come on. Philip's standing right there. Of course he can see Jesus. Thomas, he's standing right there. He can reach out and touch him. Peter can grab hold of him. Come on, what, is, what does that mean? They can touch Jesus. They can see Jesus. But what about me? What about Today? What about my situation? What about me in this room? Not in that room. What about me right here? What about, what about my needs? What about the thing that makes me troubled? What about me? They could see him. They could touch him. What about me? This will change your life. Look in verse 16. Still red letter. This is Jesus. He says, and I will ask the Father. Listen, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't have fear. Don't let your hearts be troubled because I'll ask the Father. And he'll give you another, what's the word? Helper. I'm going away. Where I'm going, you can't go with me. I'm going to prepare a way so that you can be in me and I in you. And I can dwell with you and you can dwell where I am. I'm going to come to you. I'm going to ask the Father. He's going to send you another helper to be with you for how long? Forever. 
I'm going away. I'm going to send you a helper, and he's going to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. Still talking about the helper. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be where? In you. There's a helper. He's going to be in you. I'm going away. Where I'm going, you can't go. But I'm going to send you a helper, and he's going to be in you, and he's going to be in you forever. Look at the first word in verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans. Hear me. He's talking about the helper, the one that will dwell in you, and now he says I. So it must be that the Father is in me, and I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me, and the Spirit, the helper, the helper that's going to come, I'm in the Spirit, and the Spirit is in me, and the Spirit is in the Father, and the Spirit is in Christ, and we're united, and the helper is going to come, and he's going to walk with you. He's going to be in you, and I, he says, I, Jesus, will not leave you as orphans. I'll come to you. He uses the helper and himself in the same thought. I will not leave you as orphans. I'll come to you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Listen to me. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm going to send you a helper, and he'll come to you, and he'll walk with you, and I'll be with you. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm coming. Not leaving you as orphans again is not about the second coming of Christ. Listen, Jesus is coming. The trumpet will sound. Thessalonians says that we'll be caught up in the air with him. That is happening, but not in this text. He's saying, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to come to you. And I'm going to be with you. And I'm going to be in you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. It says that Jesus is dwelling with us now. Is in the middle of our trouble. It is in the middle of our fear. It is in the middle of everything that weighs so heavily in my heart. If we would just believe him. Believe in the Father. Believe also in me. That he'll be in you. That's why he says in verse 17. He dwells with you. And will be in you. So I can just imagine him talking to his disciples. Listen, I know you can see me now. I know you can touch me now. I'm with you physically now. But in the end, I'm going to be in you. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Spirit of Christ, Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, they kind of interchange here. Look at Romans 8. I got it up here. Paul talks this way. Says, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact the what? Spirit of Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of 
Okay, so now we've got Spirit of God and we've got Spirit of Christ using, working interchangeably here. And the Spirit that's in me is the Spirit of God, but it's also the Spirit of Christ. If anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him, but if Christ is. And so here we have Christ being in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life and righteousness, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, the one that dwells in you is Jesus dwelling with you and in you. Let not your hearts be troubled. I'm not leaving you as I'm in you. He's not left us. He'll come to us. And it tells me that Jesus is absolutely interested in the thing that makes my heart trouble. That Jesus absolutely cares about the things that are befalling me in my life. That Jesus absolutely is there when it comes to my parenting, and my marriage, and my children, and my job, and my health. Probably more than you imagine. Hear me. The Holy Spirit does not come as an observer. God does not come to you. Believer, those of you who believe in this room, the Holy Spirit does not come to you as an observer. Listen, I don't need another observer. Everyone's watching me. Everyone's looking at me to see what I'm going to do. My wife's looking at me. My kids are looking at me. Work is looking at me. The world is looking at me. Everyone's looking at me. I don't need someone else to watch me. I don't need God to say, it's okay, I'm watching here. I'm just going to watch. See what you're going to do here. The Holy Spirit does not come as an observer. He comes as a what? A helper. I need a helper, guys. I need someone to help me. I don't need someone just to watch me. I need someone to come and and help me and advocate for me. A comforter. I need a comforter to help me be comforted. I need a great counselor. I need an empowerer. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He doesn't just come and say, oh, I'm watching you. He says, I'm in you. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to help you. I need a helper because I don't know what to do. Anybody? I don't know what to do. I don't know anything. I don't know how to work out anything on my own. I can't make it through on my own. I need a helper. God, send your helper. God, don't abandon us. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to come. Send your helper. It's the spirit of Christ in you. Can we cling to that today? Believers in Jesus, let Not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. I'm preparing a place for you so that you can be with me where I am. I'm going to bring you to myself. This is not a place. This is a person. This is me. This is Jesus saying, come to me. I want to help you. I want to dwell with you. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to be your helper. Believer, 
Eric, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe in me, Jesus says. Let's pray. Father, I know that when I pray to you, I pray to Jesus and I ask the Holy Spirit. It's my comfort, it's my help. Jesus, my troubles are in my face. My worries and my fear are very, very in this moment. Jesus, I want to stand on your promise that you didn't leave us. That you went and you prepared a place so that I could be forgiven. So that I could stand holy and righteous in your sight and that you would send your spirit. Lord, help her. Come to me. Come to us. Jesus, will you come? Christ, oh, come. Help me trust you. Help me trust you, oh God. Give me faith when my faith is failing. Give me hope when my hope is failing. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. He says it as we pray in your name. us who would believe that we are your children we've not been left or abandoned we've been empowered we've been a helper so today oh Lord let us cling to the power of the Holy Spirit that would settle my heart that would settle my fear and not be troubled but believe here.